Thank you. Okay, so Jonah chapter 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. By a decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see you uh, here this morning. And I'd love to be able to see you, actually, but I can't, which is a shame. If you're new this morning, my name is Gavin. I'm one of the ministers here at Grace Anglican Churches. We've been looking at the book of Jonah for a couple of weeks now, and we've reached chapter 3. And chapter 3 of Jonah is all about God's might and God's mercy. God's might and his mercy. Jonah, with a gold medal for stubbornness hanging around his neck, still picking seaweed and fish saliva out of his hair, consents in chapter 3, finally, to the mission that God gave him at the beginning of the book. God is incredibly gracious and merciful to Jonah. And we see God's incredible mercy and also might on display to the people of Nineveh in Jonah chapter 3. Might and mercy. These are two characteristics that we actually love to see on display. You don't really have the opportunity for mercy unless you are mighty. And what we hate to see is the mighty being merciless and lording it over the weak. Now, friends, what are some movies where we see the mighty showing mercy to others. Just shout them out and I'll hear you. Uh, Ah, The Lion King. Uh, I hear someone say, yes, that's right, The Lion King. Good one. The mighty Simba, who finally takes the throne, that's rightfully his, he's a bit reluctant like Jonah, isn't he? But he takes the throne and has an opportunity to finish Scar off, the evil Scar, once and for all, but he shows mercy and allows him to escape. Well, I'm pretty sure the hyena's having for dinner, but he does show mercy towards Scar. Okay, another one. Just shout him out. Shout him out. Ah, Dean Stanley. Yes, I can hear you yelling Luke Skywalker's name. This was going to be in first place for me. Who can forget the mercy shown by the mighty knight, Jedi, Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker with the Emperor egging him on to finish off Darth Vader? Uh, Luke shows mercy. He throws away his lightsaber. He declares he'll never do the emperor's bidding. It does almost cost him his life by lightning. 
but thankfully, his father comes to the rescue and finishes off the emperor by throwing him down the abyss. Well, at least we thought he was finished off until we saw the ridiculous episode nine, where somehow he came back to life. Uh, last one. Any more friends? Any more ideas, friends? Now, oh, good one, kids. This had to be my number one. My son's favourite movie as a three-year-old is uh, Cars. The scene here brings, it brings tears to my eyes every time I see it. The mighty Lightning McQueen is all set to win his very first Piston Cup when he sees the dirty Chick Hicks has sent the king into a spin, causing him to crash in the infield. Hitting the brakes and conceding defeat to Chick, Lightning backs up and helps the king across the line because it's his last race ever and he thinks the king should finish his last race. An act of great mercy from the mighty Lightning McQueen. Friends, I love these stories. I know you do too. The mighty showing mercy. You see it over and over and over and over again throughout the Bible, where our mighty God, our all-powerful God, is so very kind and merciful to sinners like me and you and Jonah. What a poor excuse for a prophet Jonah was. But I tell you, I can relate to Jonah, and maybe you can too. Let's dive in and see the might and mercy of God and the, well, sin of Jonah, really, that we might well be able to relate to. I've got two points this morning, just two. I've been accused of being an Anglican, but it's okay. I've just got two uh, points this morning. First is God's might and mercy in the face of human weakness, and two is God's might and mercy in the face of human sin. Might and mercy in the face of human weakness and human sin. So firstly, in the face of weakness, as we've learned these past couple of weeks, Jonah was blessed with an important task from God. He was commissioned with a special role from God. It's a great privilege from God. He was sent to preach a warning against the people of Nineveh. Not wanting them to be saved, Jonah ran for it. But in God in his might and mercy captured Jonah... And in the belly of the huge fish, Jonah seemed to come to his senses and he repented of his sin and begged for forgiveness. And the Lord, of course, answered his prayer. Unlike us at times, God is not one to hold a grudge against someone. If the repentance is genuine, then God's mercy is quick and genuine as well. Jonah is quickly reinstated as God's chosen prophet, though now quite humbled as he stands on a beach covered in fish vomit. Not only is Jonah forgiven, but Jonah is given purpose and meaning in his life. He's given the Lord's work to do, as are all who repent of their sin and trust in the Lord Jesus. So it's on to Nineveh that Jonah goes. Now, friends, I can't overemphasize how wicked and evil the king of Nineveh was. And you, you read about it in the book of Nahum. The Ninevites were an evil, depraved, wicked, corrupt people. This place was famous as being a haven of evil. But it was also a world superpower. Few could attempt to stand against the might of the Assyrians at this time. Now, one can hardly blame Jonah for not wanting to go there on a number of levels. But Jonah's God is mighty. He needn't fear. And Jonah's God is sovereign. So we should do what he's told. And off he goes to Nineveh. Let me read it again for you. I'm going to read from verse 3. 
Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord, went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city, took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the Ninevites believed God. It was a big city, a significant city in terms of trade and status. It's not like it was a kind of three-day walk across, um, but uh, it took Jonah three days to go throughout declaring this message, getting his hands on the important leadership uh, of this city, making them aware, making everyone aware uh, of this message from God that they were to be overthrown. The message, he says, is kind of, as we have it, it's kind of pathetic, really. It's kind of feeble um, from a weak and reluctant prophet. Eight words. It's hardly an eloquent exposition of the divine nature of Jonah's all-powerful God. Eight simple words. He says to them, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Just letting you know. And yet, at these seemingly simple words, the most evil, most rebellious, most atheistic city in the world hears these words on the lips of Jonah and everyone from the greatest to the least repents. Everyone, from the nobles to the nannies, from the judges to the janitors, from the doctors to the delivery boys, the barristers to the baristas, you get the picture. Everyone repents. Why? Why, I hear you ask? Because God is mighty. The message comes with the might of God. It doesn't need to be eloquent or clever. It just needs to be clear, direct, and most importantly, the word of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. God is mighty, and he uses weak Jonah. And friends, if we submit to him, he uses weak us as well to do his mighty deeds. Be encouraged, friends, that it does not depend on your education or status in society or eloquent speech to achieve spectacular things for God. Because it's not you who is doing the work, it is God. It is not to you that the glory is meant to go, it's to God. And if we will but humble ourselves before God and willingly do as he asks, he promises to use us mightily for his work of bringing his mercy to bear on a sinful world. God in his might and mercy uses human weakness for his glory. Next we see God's might and mercy in the face of human sin. The reaction of the Ninevites is nothing short of extraordinary. Nowhere in the Bible do we have a better picture of what real repentance should look like, more so than here. Everyone believes God's word on Jonah's lips, and they fast and they put on sackcloth. Even the king in all his evilness one who boasted of his mass murders, one who hung the skins of his enemies on the city gates as a warning. That king repented completely. Look at verse 6. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Don't let them eat or drink. And in verse 8, Verse 8, which in one verse contains three vital ingredients to true and right repentance before God. He says this, But let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let him give up their evil ways and their violence. Three 
critical ingredients to true and genuine repentance. Firstly, you can see there is sorrow for sin. Putting on sackcloth like a Hessian potato sack and sitting in the dust was a way of humbling yourself, a way of showing your absolute sorrow and sadness for your sin. Not just the consequences of your sin for yourself, not I'm sad that I spared because now I've got a fine. Sorrow at disobeying God and not living the way he wants you to live. Sorrow for rebelling against a good and holy and righteous God. Secondly, calling out urgently to God for forgiveness. After being sorrowful for sin, we call out for forgiveness. Once we recognize we've offended a good and just God, we must call out to him. And we realize our hopeless predicament and we know that God is good and mighty and merciful and he will forgive our sin. And thirdly, repentance involves turning away from sin. Whatever that sin may be, whether it be committing crimes against humanity and God like the Ninevites did, or committing the crime of discontentment or apathy or ungratefulness or an unwillingness to obey like Jonah did. The king of Nineveh even called for the livestock to fast in sorrow for the sins of the nation. Such was his great fear and right fear of Jonah's God. In the end, Jonah needn't have feared the Ninevites. He had the God of all creation on his side. And we're told why the Ninevites repent there in verse 9. Who knows, God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. The king repented in the hope that God might relent from his fierce anger and not destroy them. Eight words from a pathetic prophet. And the Ninevites make a complete and full repentance from their sins. And it's genuine. And look at God's response to the Ninevites' repentance. Verse 10, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Such is the mercy of God. That even in the face of incredible wickedness and evil, Genuine repentance is met with genuine forgiveness. I think there's a few lessons for us, friends. I feel like, I don't know about you, I can relate to Jonah in his obstinance at obeying God sometimes. I think I can relate to Jonah in his not wanting to see these really wicked people forgiven by God. I think I forget I too am a sinner. I too am wholly thankful and dependent on the mercies of God. Friends, the first lesson I think I want to grab from this second half of the chapter is, no matter what you have done, no matter how bad you think you are or your sin is, if you genuinely repent of that sin before your mighty and merciful God, his promise is to forgive you for that sin. Through the blood of Christ shed for you, you can have Complete forgiveness for your sin through genuine repentance before God. And secondly, no matter how corrupt our city is and it is, how debased and sinful our community is and it is, there is hope because God is not only merciful but mighty. He is able to forgive and willing to forgive. 
So we must pray, mustn't we? Pray for our community and our state and our country and pray with hope and expectation for our community and our city and for our country that God might pour out his mercy upon them. Friends, let me wrap up by saying that God's mighty mercy is on offer to you and to all you know and to all people. As wicked as Nineveh were, and they were, it's important to remember that we're saved by grace too. We're sinners as well. The crimes may be different, but the punishment is still the same. It still takes the death of Jesus to atone for our sin against a holy God, no matter what the sin is. It still takes the resurrection of Christ to bring us back from our destination of eternal death and judgment. As it says in Ephesians 2, in verse 1, As for you, you were dead, dead, without hope, without life, dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedience disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, all of us. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you have been saved. Repentance is a wonderful thing to practice each day. It points you back to the mercies and grace of God towards you. It reminds you that despite your failings, God pursues you for he loves you. Repentance keeps us humble as we remember that all people, no matter who they are, need God's grace to save them. Prophets and Ninevite kings need Jesus. Aussie school teachers, solicitors, health professionals, sparkies, salespeople, police people, government employees, ministers, members of the Taliban and ISIS, all have sinned. All need God's grace to save them. And God's mercy is on offer to them all if they're willing to repent. Praise God that despite our sin and our failings, we've been sanctified as followers of Jesus. We've been purified. We've been forgiven. We have the victory in Christ. We have forgiveness of sins. We have right relationship with God. We've been given this wonderful task of living for Christ and making him known in all of the world. God saw the heartfelt repentance of Nineveh and he relented. He turned away from his plans to destroy them. You and I, like the Ninevites, deserve God's just judgment. Because of Jesus, God relented from his plans to destroy us and gave us a way to be forgiven. What an astonishing God who forgives us for all of our sins. Friends, let's confess our sins, knowing that God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And friends, let's pray that he might lead us into holiness, into righteousness, into obedience, into living the life he wants us to live. Uh, please join me as I lead us in prayer. O oh Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare those, God, who confess their faults. Restore those who are penitent 
according to your promises declared unto men and women in Christ Jesus our Lord. Grant, Lord, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous and sober life for the glory of Jesus' name. Amen.